You're listening to the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network. This is Drive Time with Travis Wingfield. Back to throw Tua, looking. Flips it down the wide open. <laughs> Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. Unbelievable. Just flew by him for a second time. Tua knew where he was going right away. How the hit is that, little man? I really hope you soon jump on his bandwagon. Waddle, waddle. Tua, shotgun, back to throw, looking, steps up, fires, touchdown. Got it. It's Waddle. His sixth touchdown six pass touchdown of the game. day. Drive time with Travis Wingfield begins now. Let me check your pulse if you're not fired up. What is up, Dolphins, and welcome to the Drive Time Podcast, part of the Miami Dolphins Podcast Network, covering your team, your Miami Dolphins. How's it going, everybody? I am your host, Travis Wingfield, and on today's show, that is a wrap on four joint practices this August. We're all done in Houston, recapping a second day of work in the hot, hot heat. I'll tell you about another big day from the defense, some big shots from the offense, and hear from head coach Mike McDaniel, as well as Jalen Phillips, Rob Hunt, Tyreek Hill, from Houston, this is the Drive Time Podcast. Let's kick off day two here by going back in time. Here's Mike McDaniel's assessment of day one of joint practices. Uh, it was cool because um, I thought, you know, it, it was our s- second joint practice this season. Um, it's just a lot of fossil fuels being burned. Um, it was day one uh, or day one of a, the second like opportunity we've had to go against another team in our second year. So guys kind of knew expectations. Um, the, uh, you know, with the Houston Texans, it was their first. So we got in it, um, you know, I, I can relate to that in previous years, last year with Tampa, um, they brought the energy I thought our guys were prepared for it. I thought um, there was some things that we got out of practice um, that were a result of fully investing in it. So it was an awesome day for that because you can actually um, get to nitty-gritty coaching um, on certain things to get better at. Um, But the the guys are starting to click timing offensively, um, you know, our, the way we play together as a, as a group on defense, um, particularly in the back end um, with, with the way that we uh, cover routes and then the way that uh, our, our pass rush is going. Um, there was a lot of really good things um, that sets us up for a pretty good day, um, day two, you know, because the, the biggest thing is I'm looking at every individual and if they made any sort of play, um, what do they do with that play? Today, are they comfortable? Um, are they giving up stuff that they took away the, the day before? Are they um, going through reads uh, in a different manner than they did the day before because of uh, a, a success or failure? Or is their foot off the gas? Um, or, or do they, they really become... You know, the, the step you need to take is you need to take your successes and become addicted to them. And, and, and that's where we're at. And that part about the offense clicking, it's really cool to hear various players on the offense as well as coach talk about this. The production that really since the Sunday practice where the defense got the better of the offense 
has been slowly brewing and really improving as we go along. And now we've been hearing this shared terminology across players and coaches. Teron talked about it. Tua's talked about it. McDaniel a few times now as well. And we'll hear from Robert Hunt on it in just a moment. And regarding Teron Armstead, the big news of the day, yes, he did leave practice early and he gave us those updates via Twitter. Twitter. And it looked like positive signs from him coming off of that a day-ending injury that was on the first rep of the day. And we'll know more of the severity as the injury of the injury as we come along here, probably, I would assume, on Saturday when, when McDaniel t- addresses the media for the first time, you know, since the injury occurred. And it was such a bummer because it was literally the first play, and I'm watching Connor Williams, the Dolphins center, execute what was a perfect snatch-and-trap technique to put his man on the ground. But unfortunately, going to the ground rolled up on the back of Teastead. It's one of those things where, like, honestly, I- I'm surprised we don't see it more across the league because there's just so much activity going on quickly in that short space in the pocket back there that can lead to these fluky things where guys do get rolled up on. You'll see sometimes guys kind of get a player roll up on the back of their legs and they find a way to get their legs out of danger and not have them you know, get caught on the turf to where these types of things can happen. But T-Stead, we'll see what happens in terms of the severity, but he did give us some positive updates via social media. More on him in just a minute. I want to go back to that first practice, though, and the two interceptions off Tua, which... You know, every time Tua throws a pick, it's like freaking the Manhattan Project level of reporting. We have to go over it, you know, step by step. And I I do appreciate getting the practice education from Coach here on this as we got from Tua after Wednesday's practice. And I feel like this is the detriment of my own job or or to the detriment of my own job and personal favorite time of year. But I just I'm starting to take training camp kind of for what it is like. Yeah, the big plays, the sharp execution, that's all fun. And we love to see that. and, And we get the fans want to see that, too. But the purpose of camp is to get better, right? It's to work on things. In a game, your goal is to move the ball and score points. The more things you can work on, improve, and hopefully perfect in training camp, that's going to give you more tools in the proverbial tool bag that you can call upon to do what? To move the ball and score points uh, when the only thing that does matter is the result on Sundays come September. It's a lot like golf. They say you never want to work on things on the course. If you have a swing flaw or you feel something breaking down in your swing, you're not going to fix it mid-round. You have to take it to the driving range. Training camp and practices is the range, and Sundays are the 18 holes you go out and play with your buddies. And what if on that day, the thing you're working on is something that matches to the strength of what the defense is working on? You're probably not going to have a lot of success executing that against that particular look. But if you're hooking your approach shots to the left of the green because you're coming over the top of the ball, the best way to fix that is to tuck a towel in your right armpit and keep that elbow tucked in throughout the whole swing. It's uncomfortable as hell, but it's training muscle memory to get you on the right track. And I think that's a pretty perfect analogy. Does it work for you guys like it does me? I don't know. So we heard Coach on the idea of practice and the way Tua is crafting his game, hopefully to make himself into the best version of himself come September 10th in Los Angeles. No, I think you have to... um take every every play independent of itself I think um, I'm very careful to uh, goes go into the ins and outs of each play that happens because if I and, and you know sometimes interceptions are good in practice sometimes um, they're only good if you don't do that again um, but each individual one uh, is Part of the reason those are occurring is because he's pressing himself to be the very best version of himself. He is um, making, he probably made 10 plays yesterday 
um, that were uh, absolutely fantastic doing the same thing. So it's not as easy as, um, and I think it's important to emphasize that y you have to take each one individually. And so I would be upset if his if he was unprepared, if he didn't really think about it, or um, if it's something that he just went rogue and went outside of a progression. Okay, if there's if he's trying new things within the timing of the play, there's going to be some residuals. Um, when you're trying to um, be the best version of yourself, he's trying to take his game to another level. So um, I'm uh, I was pumped for the learning process. We also got a breakdown of those plays and the encouragement that Tyreek Hill himself gives Tua to be very aggressive in that way in practice. Let's hear from the Cheetah. I, hey, look, I'm telling Tua, I'm glad you made that throw. You feel me? Because, you know, um, to me, like, this is what practice is for. Like, you use these moments right here, you know, to, you know, create scenarios, uh, you know, try to, you know, throw a guy a ball in certain situations, you know, and, and that – the, I believe his first pick was, you know, Tua was trying to look off the the left side linebacker, and he messed around and looked the other linebacker into the window, you know, trying to get me the ball. So, you know, it, it's just learning things, you know. So that way, whenever the season comes, he knows he he can't do that. You feel me? Like he knows exactly where he has to put his eyes. And the two minute one, it was just like, hey, the score is seven nine. You know, we don't have to be aggressive down here. You feel me? Like. We, we've already got two big chunk plays, first one to Durham, the second one to myself, and we are inside of the 20-yard line. And, you know, Tua already knows that, but um, for him to, to stay aggressive and stay in that aggressive mindset, you know, I, I love it. I did follow up on that question with Tyreek and asked him, did you feel like you scored on that play prior to the Jalen Petrie pick six? And he said that it would be a bang-bang, but he would take himself to win that matchup. And Jimmy Ward's a great player, so I do agree with that, and that is fair, Cheetah. Very, very fair indeed. So with Tua today, some really good shots. He dialed up Braxton Berrios to the post on a deep shot that was an absolute dime. And to be able to calibrate those deep balls accurately to your different types of speeds you have in the receiving core or in the offense in general is very, very impressive. I go back to the Ryan Tannehill days, and I remember he could dial up Brian Hartline, you know, 4-6-40, crazy legs Brian Hartline, but find Ending 4-2, Mike Wallace is always a struggle for him. Tua seems to have the calibration for all of his guys to drop those deep balls in into the bucket when he needs them. And just a, a fun little inside baseball. I actually asked Braxton down in the uh, lunchroom, like, vertical playmaker, man. What's up with all those deep balls? You going to become a deep threat at this point in your career? He says, yeah, I, I hope so. And then Tua comes in, daps him up, and says, you're looking fast out there. Really enjoyed that interaction between those two guys. I think that Braxton has shown what he's capable of this training camp and really kind of checks the boxes we talked about when he signed as free agent with the ability to beat one-on-one -on -one coverage inside, sit down in soft zones, and, and run away from man coverage. So I think that he's going to have a big year here for the Dolphins, you know, kind of catching the favorable part of the coverage that is taken away by Tyreek and Jalen. And one point of Tua's game that I really liked today was the elusiveness, both as a runner and managing the pocket. It reminded me a lot of Bama Tua in the sense of hitch up, slide either way, and his footwork puts him in threatening positions to where he can get out and, and be explosive with that next step. I thought we saw a lot of that today and just navigation of the pocket, like the four-year vet that he is. He had a big run in the two-minute period, and I don't think I've seen him run that fast in a Dolphins uniform. Some of the highlights of Tua's day, he had a beautiful back shoulder ball to Ezukama in one-on-ones working on Derek Stingley. Stingley did bounce back on the very next rep and ran what was teach tape trail technique 
to undercut a throw from Mike White for a pick, which is so rare in one-on-ones. He is a very good-looking player. Uh, Tua also found Tyreek a whole bunch, including a really impressive far hash throw to the perimeter on a comeback route. It reminded me of the Houston game last year when he let the ball go before Tyreek even began to throttle down on the route and come back to the football. And by the time he got to the top of the route, the ball was right there. Also had a red zone touchdown throw to Durham Smythe and Braxton Berrios and a really nice crossing route to Robbie Chosen at one point uh, during the team period. So will we see Tua Tungavailoa in a preseason game this year? Sounds likely. Here's Coach McDaniel. I would expect to see him in the preseason. However, you know me. I'm a wild card. But I, I do I do think um, game reps are valuable um, depending on where you're at in your, in your journey for preseason, um, setting up the regular season. Um, so I would expect him to play how much and when um, will be determined after uh, – today for the preseason game, this next preseason game, and we'll probably be around the same time um, before uh, Jacksonville as well. So I've mentioned Tyreek a few times now. He sort of hit another gear these last couple of weeks. I feel like he's been uncoverable, and really since Waddle has been out, Reek just stepped his game up another level, and I feel like that's something we should not take for granted with Tyreek Hill, that you know, let's let's play the sound here first before I, that soundbite talking about that that I wanted to run. But here he is, real quick, on how it feels or how he feels and where the offense is, according to him. Spoiler: more of the same with the progression and clicking at this juncture of training camp. I don't know. I should ask you that. How have I been looking? I mean, I feel like I, I feel like you know, I've been doing a great job. But you know, um, for me to be able to succeed, obviously, you know, it, it depends on other guys. You know, whether it's the offensive line, whether it's you know, Tua, you know, getting me to rock, you know, so everything's right now is, is a process. So right now we're just building up to that, you know, and I feel like the last two practices that we've had, you know, have been good. You know, obviously you're going to have ups and downs in football, but it's a part of the game. You feel me? You know, you go to the film room, you learn from it and you get better from it and you don't let the same thing happen again, you know, the next day. So it's one thing I learned throughout my career. And then I wanted to play this going back to the previous point because I think a player like Tyreek rises all ships or however the hell that saying goes. A rising tide lifts all ships, I think. I don't know. Tyreek is going to talk about the one-on-one period and the Texans. And I thought they really got the better of the Dolphins receivers in that period, which is pretty rare. Usually the receivers beat the DBs and the D-line beats the O-line in one-on-ones. But the Dolphins did not allow that to carry over to the team portion of practice. And I'm inclined to think it had a lot to do with this. You know what, man? I wasn't even supposed to practice today, man. But, I f- man, I just had to find a way, you know, to get the guys going. You feel me? Like, one-on-ones were kind of slow for us. Um, we began to pick it up. But, you know, I, I just love competition so much, man. And I feel like I just can't get away from it. Like, I, I the trainer, he told me, he's like, we, we're going to ramp you down a little bit. You, you can just chill today. You can relax. I'm like, man, like. I only get one chance to like play this game that I love, dog, because I know it's gonna go by fast. I can remember yesterday when I first got drafted, came into the league, and here I am in year eight, man, doing what I love. You feel me? So there's not many jobs where you get to work outside and have fun and run fast and run by people and score, and you get a crowd reaction. So I'm just enjoying every moment of it, man. And then I got my kids out here with me, so that's even better for me. So I'm enjoying it. So that is the Tua Tyreek portion of the podcast. Let's go ahead and 
Come back on the other side and get to more notes and hear from more guys next. Drive Time Podcast, your host, Travis Wingfield, brought to you by Auto. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Segment number two from practice number two in Houston in a cool moment down in the red zone period to kick off practice. It was a seven on seven red zone period where Julian Hill, the rookie from Campbell, caught a touchdown at the end line, the back five ball, the, the high ball that Tua threw to Gasicki in the Baltimore game last year, akin to that, but not quite as you know impressive as that one was obviously third and 15 uh, to the goalpost with Tua to Gasicki. But either way, Julian Hill goes up and pulls down this nice rip from Mike White who had just found Elijah Higgins at the goal line on the previous play for a touchdown. But Hill plucks this thing, comes down, and bumps into McDaniel, who's hanging out in his post at the actual post where he watches a lot of the practice from that post position, not just the you know goal post, but the post where they run routes toward or to the single high safety plays. That's what I'm trying to get at. But he's hanging out back there, and the... Julian Hill comes by, knocks his sunglasses off, and is very apologetic about it, and immediately goes and gets the sunglasses off the ground and gives it back to his head coach, and coach is just gassing him up. Nice effing play, he says. I love stuff like that. I thought Devon A-Chain was really good today, like really, really good. Run game, catching passes. He had two big runs outside. Also had a very good run working his way through traffic in the interior and plucking his way ahead for some first down yardage and touchdown yardage. I thought Raheem Mostert was really good and has had an exceptional training camp so far. He's been hitting some good between the tackles runs and catching just a million passes. The guy's so involved in the passing game so far. He had one drop on a play that I thought was set up to get out of the gate in the in a quick passing game, but he had a tough run in red zone where he slammed his way across the goal line with some good lanes to open up and spring him for six. I think the running game is just coming along nicely at this juncture. It, it continues to get better. I thought Connor Williams was freaking awesome today. I alluded to the snatch trap rep he had earlier. He was whooping butt in all phases of the game every day. We get a big gash or a touchdown run untouched into the red zone because of that combo of Rob Hunt and Connor Williams. I asked Rob Hunt today how he would measure the running game and the growth from day one at camp until now. Run game, I don't know, man. You see it and it hit, and then sometimes you see it and it don't hit. I don't know. It's it's hard to tell, but um, like I said, watching film, it looks it looks pretty good. You know, it looks good when you watch film and you actually see what's actually going on when you actually get, like me when I'm playing. I'm focused on me and what I can do and like what I like affect in that run. But as, a, as as I watch it as a whole and film, it looks it looks good. I think a lot of guys are playing hard. I think we're running off the football. Um, I think I think it's a lot of good stuff happening. You know, and you can see that even with you know guys that aren't typically like 
day one starters right now in this point, but like last week in a um, preseason game, you still can see that. You know, you see guys running off the ball. And it's just a testament to us. You know, I was talking to a couple of those guys um, yesterday, and he was like, damn, like, y'all so far off the ball. Like, I thought y'all be running off the ball today. You know, so it's, it's talked about and it's seen. So I think, I, think it's, I think it's going well. I just think it's clicking for a few guys that, you know, we've been kind of threading this theme in the show. I think Austin Jackson's getting better every day. I think the two that I mentioned looked really good, and Connor and Rob Hunt. I think Rob Jones is having a hell of a week plus here now, really since that, that game where he had a really good uh, grade both in run block and pass block. I think Isaiah Wynn has had a lot of damn good football he's shown so far and has plenty of good football left in him. I saw Keon Smith wipe out an edge in the running game today. I thought Kendall Lamb got a bunch of good work, especially filling in for Teron Armstead when he went down and really kind of held the fourth there off that left side. All of that is a crescendo to this point by coach today. He was asked before practice about the idea of playing Tua in a preseason game and if he felt it was necessary to have Teron out there with the thought that you want your best guy to protect your most precious asset. And I get the question, I do, but I'm, I'm glad that Coach said this because I really didn't like the implication of the question that, like, you know, if Teron doesn't play, you can't keep Tua upright. It's nonsense. If, if I didn't feel like there was, um, if, I, if I felt like there wasn't capable NFL players um, uh, behind uh, Tehran, then that may factor that you know everything, everything factors into it. Um, however, I do think uh, uh, our given situation, you know the, I mean the, I don't even know who the third, fourth tackle are right now, and that's a good thing because the the score is not settled. However, I do know that play will be a. Uh, you know, up to the the standard that I've been used to um, over my my NFL career of what what you have to have um, as an NFL caliber p- player at that position. Let's go back to a guy who's been in it, Rob Hunt, on the progression. And again, this has been pretty much unanimous to every guy we've spoken to so far. Here's Rob Hunt. Um, they've been pretty important. Uh, you know, I think as an offense, we. We, we have a, a high standard, and we want, we want to roll. Um, and we've seen what it looked like when it's good. And when it's not looking that way, it feels like it's not, you know, it's not going good. But you watch film, and, it, you know, film tells a different story. So, uh, I don't know. It, it's work still needs to be done. But the good thing is we don't play until, I don't know, how many weeks, maybe three. So, uh, we still got some work to do. But it's, it's, we, we're not far, but we got some work to do. Let's finish up this segment here with Tyreek Hill, who touched on Teron Armstead's injury and how important he is to this football team. Man, we all know, man. I've, I've, I just said it. You know, um, I need those other guys, you know, for me to be able to make plays. And I feel like offensive line and defensive line are the most important people on the field. You know, obviously receivers, we get the, the, the success, we get the glory, we get the Instagram followers and all that. But Teron is a, is a huge part of our team, you know, um, and I feel like he's more important than, than I am because – uh, the left side, like we need somebody to really like hold that side now, and just to see him go down, I'm sure he'll shake back, man. He'll he'll be straight because I, as soon as it happened, I went up to him and said, "You straight?" He said, "Yeah, I'm straight, man. I'm just old." Let's go ahead and take our last break right there and come back on the other side and finish up with the defensive side of the Dolphins practice here, number two in Houston. That's next. Drive Time Podcast. Your host Travis Wingfield, brought to you by Auto Nation. 
Hey guys, Mario Lopez here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moonroof, you can sit back, enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit biotoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. So Jalen Phillips had a takeaway on the first play of the Texans two-minute period, and I thought it was pretty funny. You know the scene in Waterboy when Bobby Boucher picks off the pass and then throws it back to the offensive lineman who talked about his mama? Well, the ball hit JP in the exact same way. It deflected off of CJ Stroud at the snap and then wound up right in JP's breadbasket. Just kind of stuck to his midsection, and he hung on. So a fumble recovery that kind of looked like an interception, I guess. But Phillips had maybe the best two days of anybody out here, including what was technically a game-clinching sack on their two-minute drill on fourth down, where he ran the arc with a long arm and never let the tackle get into his clutches. And when it was time to angle and get to the quarterback, he collapsed that arm and, and chopped the outside hand of the tackle, angled right upfield for a tag off on the quarterback. Let's go ahead and hear from Coach McDaniel, who talked about JP and what would be the most nerve-wracking part about game planning against a guy like that if you ever had to. Blocking him. No, he's, he is, it's a, okay, so that's a cool player to kind of highlight just because Jalen um, is a talented guy that has worked and worked and worked, and he's starting to see um, the fruits of his work really bear fruition. I think um, he's, he's always been an impactful player, um, and he has a special um, between whistle to whistle motor that with his athleticism, he's been able to make some plays on, um, on NFL game days and really be a big part of this team. I think he has taken a step this year, um, in being what he wants to be thus far. It is, um, not a complete journey, but at this point, I think he feels a lot more control in control of his own game. Um, and able to make plays um, in multitude of ways uh, with still having that motor and that relentless approach um, to give offenses fits um, in the fourth quarter. And how did JP feel about that answer? Let's go to number 15. You know, I, I just think that my confidence as a pass rusher has increased a lot. Um, you know, obviously every down, but especially as a pass rusher. You know, this week I was going against uh, George Fant, and uh, I faced George Fant my rookie year when he played for the Jets. I had no answers for him at all. That boy was doing me in all week, or not all week, but the game. Um, and this week I felt a lot more competitive against him. Um, so little things like that, man, it's just, you know, I'm big on the process uh, and not being result-oriented. And, you know, I've been putting in the work for the last three years, and um, for it to, you know, show show a little bit, is, it means a lot to me. So 
yeah, I'll just continue to try to get better every day and, and do my thing. He's just been a ton of fun to watch this entire camp. I had Zach Sealer with some good play today, wrecking shop inside, constant pocket collapsing, gets those paws up and found another pass at the line of scrimmage. I continue to think Deshaun Hand has been really good since he got here, and so was Raekwon Davis. Really the entire interior defensive line just kept pushing the pocket, making life tough on Stroud and making him uncomfortable. When I was watching, I had Ogba with a QB hit, maybe a sack. Malik Reed got in there as well. Chubb had some really good reps where he tested that pristine footwork of Laramie Tunzel. You know, Tunzel redirects better than anybody I've ever seen in my life. And Chubb kept getting across his face to force him to retreat inside and sometimes get that help from the left guard. David Long at the second level was blowing up some plays in the running game. He strung out a handful of runs out wide to Devin Singletary in the same fashion we've seen him do in Miami in our practices down there. Uh, and finally, in the secondary, I think I've made it quite clear. I'm a big Elijah Campbell fan. I thought he had a terrific week down here in Houston and specifically shouted out by Coach McDaniel at one point in his press conference today. You know, a lot of guys have um, seen how, you know, there's been a, a significant amount of uh, new roster additions getting a ton of playing time. Um, I, I, do, I do think uh, the, the versatility um, – of of cater has really shown out um there's there's been some uh different i don't know personnel sets where um guys have been able to be a little more versatile um like elijah uh overall um it's cool because every single day um you know as you as you guys have heard me talk at length i enjoy the process of getting better and we have the right guys here and there there's a lot of new guys to the system and every single day um someone will come up with me making another play um just like eli apple did his 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 first day um that he was here so uh that development is ongoing um but overall the the secondary is um doing a good job getting better every day He's just been so sound, playing fast, getting hands on footballs. I think his special teams prowess the last couple of years is translating in a way that he approaches the game from depth and kind of sees things and surveys it and then goes. I think he's a guy that you can blitz, play in the post, play half field, come down and cover, fit the run. Very versatile player. And I think he, that he might be a potential starter when you have that big nickel package with three safeties. You know, let's have Javon do what Jalen Ramsey does or was going to do and then use Deshaun Elliott and, and Campbell at the true safety positions and let Holland go playmake and account for the potential injuries, you know, Cam Smith at cornerback, to give yourself more depth in the defensive backfield, not necessarily at the cornerback position, but just DBs in general. And Elijah Campbell's a guy that can open up so many other players to do what they do best. So I asked Jalen Phillips again about the work of the coverage this camp because I've been talking about it. So I wanted to get someone who deals with it every day and get their take on it. And they just keep finding ways to prevent deep shots. Both days, I'm not sure if Houston completed more than two balls over 10 air yards in the entire team period. Let's go back to Phillips to talk about the defensive coverage so far here in Miami. Yeah, they've been doing an incredible job. I mean, they put so much work in, extra work, extra walkthroughs, extra meetings, things like that, um, just because, you know, our defense obviously involves a lot of communication. Uh, and so for them to be able to master that is going to be huge for our defense and huge for us in the front seven as well. I mean, just split seconds difference, it makes all the world. So um, for them to be able to communicate effectively and, you know, play the defense how it's supposed to be played is going to be, you know, a huge advantage for us. And then finally, I thought Javon Holland was absolutely exceptional today. Got the big interception off of Stroud and had a pass breakup on that Phillips sack that was extended after the fact. 
And I just continue to think the way that he's playing has everything to do with how the deep passing game of both the Dolphins and the Falcons and now the Texans has been limited in practices. So Javon Holland looks the part. He might be another breakout candidate. He and JP, I think, are going to have massive, massive years this year. All right, that's it. Tomorrow, Steve Goldstein, the voice of the Miami Dolphins preseason broadcast, joins us to break down Dolphins and Texans. We'll have a Sunday morning recap pod for you all after the game and then back to Miami Gardens next week to do some more training camp work. In the meantime, that's going to be my time. You all, please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on social. That's Twitter. And, and Instagram at Wingfield NFL, and of course at the Miami Dolphins. Check out the Fish Tank podcast with Seth and Juice, the YouTube channel for all the media availabilities, Dolphins Today, Drive Time and Fish Tank content, and so much more. And last but not least, MiamiDolphins.com. Until next time, fins up. I will see Caroline and Cameron.